The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with them. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. You may have had the experience of spending some time, perhaps a weekend, a week, or a day with with friends, maybe at the beach, in the mountains, or even just here. It's one of those times that you remember as being quite wonderful, in fact, extraordinarily so. And then you tried to recreate it, and you couldn't do it. It wasn't the same. Might have been different people, might have been the same people, but in a different frame of mind. You wish that it would, it would happen once more, but it doesn't. Or if it does, it's when you least expect it and least planned for it. But you couldn't make it happen. It's true sometimes with musicians. One might play a piece once just the way you thought that piece ought to be played. They could never play it that way again, or at least rarely. There just wasn't something, there was something just missing. I've been to recitals like that where the person playing played every single note correctly, they counted it perfectly, and it was just dead. There wasn't really what you were looking for. There was something that he or she wasn't able to put into that, and you couldn't give it to them. That's sometimes true in the spiritual life, too. Sometimes we can have a very profound religious experience. Well, I myself am very skeptical of prolonged, artificially induced religious enthusiasm. Uh, Often it comes for the wrong reasons, and when it goes away, people find themselves depressed, and then instead of following God where he wants to lead them, they go back and keep trying to relive it again, and it doesn't work. But if, if you had a profound religious experience... 
one that comes from God, and not just from some external force or from the emotions, we would like to keep that, wouldn't we? But again, when it goes away, we want to run around looking for it instead of saying, all right, Lord, take me where you want to go. Now I feel depressed and kind of um, down and fine, if that's where you want me. But then if you want to restore it to me, you'll do it in your own time. But I can't recreate that because it comes from you. You find that in today's gospel, the transfiguration. We have this gospel at least once a year in Lent on the second Sunday, I think. So we've heard it many times. But it's a gospel about just this sort of experience. Our Lord takes Peter, James, and John. Once again, Peter, the head of the church, James, the first martyr, and John, who will live the longest, up on a high mountain. So you know God's going to appear because God appears on mountains. By themselves, they alone are to see this. And we are told he was transfigured before him. We don't know what that means. There's a painting of that by Rembrandt. In fact, it's in the Missal today. Beautiful painting. But a painting can't do it justice. The Gospels can't. So much so that St. Matthew only says, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. All right? Um, That's all we know. As I've said before, that must have been the way he would have always looked if he hadn't restrained himself. Because you can't put divinity inside of a human being and have it not shine. You would have to. Like you can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar without it shining. He must have always looked like that, except he restrained himself. But now for a moment, he will let, him see, let them see himself as son of God and son of man. They will see the divinity shining out of him. For a moment, for a while, for a very short time. But he's not alone. Moses and Elijah are there conversing with him. Moses, the law. Elijah, the prophets. He's going to fulfill them all in himself. That's why he has come. And they are with him. Strange too, isn't it? As I've said before, these two had strange deaths. In fact, we're not quite sure about that. Moses, we're told, died and was buried. But the scriptures say that no one knows the grave of Moses. Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind in a chariot to return to announce the coming of the Messiah. And they're speaking to him. About what? The other Gospels tell us they're speaking about his death, the reason for his coming. That's what they're speaking about. That's how he will fulfill the law and the prophets, by his suffering and death. And so they're speaking about this, and Peter has an idea, which is, all, which is usually unfortunate in Scripture. Uh, when Peter has an idea, it's going to be something wrong. And so he wants to suggest and tell God what God ought to do on this occasion. It's one thing to suggest, but Peter's always telling people what to do. Uh, He says, Lord, it is good that we are here. So far, he's right. They're meant to be there. And it's good that they are there to witness this. They're there for a purpose. He's brought them there for a reason. But Peter wants to stay. Can you imagine what that would have been like? I would want to stay, too. We want to remain there forever, wouldn't you? And he wants to. I'm sure the other ones did, too. And he, said, he has an idea of, why don't I put up three tents, 
one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Then we can stay, we can remain. We won't have to go down into the real world, although right now they're really in the real world um, with him as he really is. And having said that, comes the cloud. When the cloud comes, you know the voice of God is going to come also. And there is a voice. Remember at his baptism, the voice said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. But now there's a command, too. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It was, don't talk. Just watch and listen. That's why I brought you here. Don't tell me what to do. Listen. That's your job, to listen. And their response is quite a natural one, don't you think? They fell prostrate and were very much afraid, naturally. All of a sudden, they're afraid. The voice of God is there, and they don't know what to do with this. They've been brought there to strengthen them for the cross. So when the cross comes, they'll be ready for it, but they aren't paying attention. They're just taken up in the glory of the moment and wanted to remain. Listen to him. That's the command. And what the only thing that can bring them out of their fear is the Lord himself. Only he can do it. And so, it said, but Jesus came and touched them, saying, notice he has to touch them too, rise and do not be afraid. And so they raise their eyes and it's all gone. The vision has disappeared. The thing they found so beautiful is no longer present. They saw no one else but Jesus alone looking the way he always looked to them. Uh, That was gone. But remember, at the same time this is happening, at the foot of that mountain, there's a man there with a son who has an unclean spirit. And he asked the disciples to cast that spirit out, and they can't do it. They don't have the faith. They don't have the authority. They simply don't have what what it takes to work the miracle. So now they're going to come down from this mountain. Because they're meant to come down. They aren't meant to remain there, as you and I aren't meant to remain there either. They have to go down into another world, what we, as I said, call the real world, although the top of the mountain was the real world. Uh, They go down to the real world and encounter what's there, having seen what they have seen. But notice what the Lord says to them on the way down. Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Here again we have that term, the Son of Man. He uses it of himself. No one ever uses it about him. He alone speaks of himself as the Son of Man. And only before the resurrection. After the resurrection, it's never used. So they go down to the foot of the mountain, and they must encounter now this man with the Son, with an unclean spirit. Well, you and I then have this experience too. We come to the mountain. We are there now. We're on the mountain. We need the eyes of faith to see it, but that's where we are. That's where he has brought us. To, for a short time, witness what he has done. To see him as he really is through the eyes of faith. So that we too can leave and go down from this mountain into the world in which we live as radically different people who will transform that world because of what we have seen. But notice with them too. They were sent there to be, they were brought there to be strengthened. Peter will deny that he even knows him, and all the rest will run away and desert him. 
Only John will be at the foot of the cross. They weren't ready for what was about to happen. They weren't aware about what he had come to do. So they go down to the foot, of the, the, the foot of the mountain, and our Lord does what must be done. So I said, you and I, though, are here. And he comes to us in a much more powerful way than he came to them. We can not only see him, we can receive him and be transformed into him. That's how we change the world, by becoming what we receive. They were given a moment just to strengthen them for what was to come, the scandal of the cross. But we are given this moment to become the radical transformers of our world. The world should see in us the transfiguration, not in the way it sees the Lord. There have been some saints whose face did shine uh, because of their holiness. But when we go out of here, the world should see something different um, and be transformed by what it's seen. So uh, we then give thanks to the Lord for what he has given to us, for the vision that we have, for this brief moment on the mountain with him uh, that will change us forever. And unlike the apostles who weren't ready for what was to come, we are. We're ready for whatever might come. And more than that, we're willing to meet whatever might come and be victorious. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the victory of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, her members will always be visible signs of the grace they have received, especially the church suffering. that They may witness to the transfiguration. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ and his church, especially our own nation, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are chosen to be visible signs of his love. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have wandered away from the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, especially innocent life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who, having seen the Lord, will be visible signs of him to our world. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having been to the mountain, they then may also come down and proclaim the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. For all those who travel at this time of year, especially those from our own parish, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest went unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that we may be visible signs of what we have received, we pray to the Lord. 
We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we sing. 